Hello, hello. My name is Eternity and welcome to Love Out Loud podcast. I am um, really excited to have us. Uh, fuck it. I'm going to start over. I don't like it when I stumble. <laughs> so I'm going to put this part out. Hello. <laughs> Give me one second. I'm going to do a countdown so you know I'm about to do it for real <laughs> and for myself. Hello, hello. My name is Eternity and welcome to Love Out Loud podcast. I'm really excited to have a special guest for you guys today. It is my teammate and happens to be the youngest person on our team. And I had no idea until recently. Um, a beautiful <laughs> soul named Elle. And um, I just want to place a trigger warning before I introduce Elle, our guest, um, for trauma, childhood trauma, because that's what we're going to be talking yes. about, our upbringing. So welcome, Elle, to Love Out Loud podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being my guest, um, especially on short notice. Of course. So I want to talk about what it was like for you growing up. Did you feel, well, first of all, did you have, I'm gonna, my first question is, did you have both parents growing up, like who raised you? Yes, I um, I did grow up in a very nuclear household. <laughs> nuclear? That's a good I was one. raised in a nuclear dysfunctional type of family. I guess that's how you could describe it. What made it dysfunctional? Um many things um uh specifically it was very much an abusive situation for, for me um which is interesting because i feel that it wasn't that way for um the two other siblings that i grew up with um but in response to your question, um, did I feel loved by my parents as a child? Um, I allowed myself to write three answers. So first, my, my short, straightforward answer is, is no. <laughs> um, my second answer is it's complicated. That's my broader, more vague answer. And my third answer is not unconditionally. And that's the conversation starter. <laughs> mm. I love how you broke it down. For those of you listening, um, if you've never listened to my podcast before, I am a teaching artist. I've been a spoken word artist for almost 13 years now. And as I stated, Elle is my teammate. So she's also, they are, sorry, their pronoun is they, also a teaching artist as well. And I say teammate because we are all independent contractors through this nonprofit organization. And they are super talented. And the way they just broke it down, the way Elle just broke it down is such a teacher-like thing to do. Um, <laughs> I love that. So um, thank you. you I try. <laughs> give you your kudos, teach, uh, coach. <laughs> um, break it down for me. So you said you didn't feel, well, I have a question. You said you didn't feel treated the same way as your other siblings, correct? Yes. So do you feel like, did you feel like the black sheep, like we like to call it? Um, I like to describe it as the the scapegoat. I, I think that I identify a lot with that um, label. Tell me more. Um, well, can I, can I quote someone who's like a specialist in the childhood trauma field? Okay, so um, part of my healing journey is I watch um these youtube videos concerning 
childhood trauma. Um, and I find a lot of comfort in such videos. And one such YouTuber who makes videos like that is named Patrick Tian. He's a childhood trauma therapist. Um, and he defined the family scapegoat as the person who is blamed for the wrongdoings, the mistakes, and the faults of others. So I, I identify with that label a lot because um, I feel that I was, you could also describe it as like the family outlet. I was the one who all the, for lack of a less crass way of saying it, all, I was the one who all the shit was shoved on. So um, especially from my father, um, I experienced a lot of projection from my father especially i i resonate with that do you think you're the generational curse breaker in your family you could say i i mean that's an interesting question i did i was the first in my family system to not tolerate it anymore so i guess you could say that i am I'm snapping. I asked that question because of what you shared. It resonates with me heavily. And I know for a fact that I'm the one breaking the cur generational curse in my bloodline. Mm -hmm. I think that you are too, because, and that's why you face so much trauma and bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, you were the first one in your line to feel it. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot who stated it. It was on Instagram. It was a, also a psychologist. I can't remember their name right now, but it said that um, the post said, there's generations of people who didn't feel because they were just trying to survive in our bloodlines that the, the first person who is willing to feel it all is the curse breaker. Does that mm. make sense? Mm -hmm. I paraphrase, yes. but yeah. And that, that resonated with me heavily when I saw it a few weeks ago, because I feel it all. I'm a highly sensitive. Yeah. That hits. Yeah. I'm super sensitive. And uh, my family actually used to make fun of me because of it. And even as I got older and now I embrace it all because I know mm. it's a superpower being able to feel and have empathy for others. Like my soul brother said on another um, episode a few months ago, it's a complex emotion and a lot of people do not lack empathy in this world. So absolutely. Um, and one, I, I also want to say that I'm sorry that you went through that with your family. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's tough. I, uh, moved out here with by myself as you know and people always ask about my family and I'm like mm -hmm. my friends are my family and that's just 100% fact I call my absolutely I call my biological family my relatives now and that's not to be negative but it's just how it, what it is I'm closer with my friends than my biological mm -hmm. family and I truly believe that as we get older and as we become more into ourselves and in tune with ourselves it's the family that you make along the way is what matters the most. Exactly. It's the family that you choose. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that the family you come from doesn't matter for those of you listening. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter because that's your history. My past, you know, got me to my, is a part of my story, but where we are now is not who I used to be. Like I, now I'm embracing all of me because I didn't feel accepted in my family. Um, I always felt uh, like the outcast, but I also used to comfort myself and say that I knew I was meant to stand out. And now that I'm older, I 100% even believe that even more and just get stronger healing from the wounds of my childhood. Um, mm. Did you ever do therapy, Elle? Yes. Um, I 
I'm recently a therapy goer. Um, I started um, in my adult life. I started like a couple of months ago and it is very helpful and I do recommend it. I'm so happy to hear that. I uh, started therapy when I was older than you. I was about 24 or 25 years old. Mm -hmm. And it was the help of someone else who like, a couple of people actually who I care about helped me to realize how angry I was. Like the anger I carried from childhood that I didn't realize I was actually carrying. Mm -hmm. And I always, I forgot who said this. I think it was my godmother, I can't remember. But anger is sadness not released. Yes. And I was very I agree. So I did a lot of releasing and you know, I'm a, I'm a poet and I know it. So writing, <laughs> has, <laughs> writing has definitely been, um, has saved my life. I said it in my fourth book and um, all the art, like artistic outlets. So I use comedy obviously as well. And I will definitely be doing stand-up comedy more often in my next, this next chapter of my life, but comedy and acting and writing, performing, these are all my outlets since I was four years old to get through um life <laughs> how, mm. how old were you when you started writing um I I was a very imaginative um child when it came to writing um so I'd say like first grade but um I started writing spoken word um when I was 16 my junior year of high school so um it's still relatively a new writing medium to me but I I'm I'm learning every day um and I find that it's it's a good it's a healthy outlet for my emotions actually um one of the first poems that I competed with was a poem about my toxic family system I won't share any of it now because I feel that it's it was very much because I was very much still um immersed in that um toxic family system when I wrote the poem so it was a cry for help um so I won't like repeat it now just for the sake of like continuing the healing journey rather than um going back you know um but I I didn't realize at the time how much it was affecting me um and I essentially wrote about my my abuser um, in my family and um, through a sort of narrative where I talked about how um, my my middle school counselor and this is a true story my middle school counselor called me to her office one day when I was in eighth grade and um, my and I had learned from that meeting that one of my friends in concern for me and my safety um had told her that I was in an abusive situation at home. Um, and the theme of that poem was like, how can I, how can I ask for help, but also like conceal enough so that I'm, I'm not, you know, so that CPS doesn't take me away. Um, and that's a very, it's a very heavy thing to deal with when you're in eighth grade. <laughs> That is extremely heavy. And I uh, just want to take a moment to honor that and collect yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Feel it. That's terrifying. I'm tearing up just hearing you tear up. Oh. Uh, 
Because I remember you just made me have a flashback of when I was in eighth grade and feeling, you know, not feeling like, I don't know if you felt this way, but because I felt like I wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't physically abused, but I was emotionally abused. And yes. I think people a, a lot of times had conversations with many friends and exes over the years who don't take it as seriously until you're actually hit. But I, abuse is abuse, whether it's verbal, emotional, physical, abuse is abuse. And I actually I agree. say that emotional abuse takes longer to heal because our physical bodies are tough as hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our physical bodies heal faster than emotional wounds because when you're verbally abused, it's become psychological. And sometimes mm-hmm. oftentimes we start to believe the things that people say to us that are supposed to love us. I agree. And as someone who was um, physically and emotionally abused, I agree that it's it can be as damaging, if not more, to be emotionally abused. Actually, um, growing up, um, and this might be like to to the listeners, this might be such a heavy thing to hear, but just know that I'm like I'm I'm healing from it, and I'm trying to approach this topic from a sort of objective um, point of view and perspective um rather than one that's very emotion ridden um but emotions do come up naturally because it's a very heavy topic um but as someone who was both physically and emotionally abused i understood abuse more as the, the physical rather than the emotional and i didn't really acknowledge that I was along with being physically abused I was being emotionally abused like actively emotionally abused um and that when I finally did realize that that was I I sort of had to like take a step back and look at my childhood from in a whole different lens you know um, you definitely have to be out of it takes some time to realize what's happening to you because when you're also when you're in an environment on a regular basis of abuse you also get used to it like mm-hmm. so we don't know until we know until we're yeah it becomes your normal right and I am very much okay with not no longer accepting that as my normal and going into this next chapter of my life knowing that my kids will never go through the things that I have gone through and that my yes. kids will be loved like no other. Um, Absolutely. You're, not, you're still so young. Your brain is not even fully developed yet. <laughs> adulthood. And you've been through so much shit. And I say that with love. Like, seriously. Like, you're going to experience so much more growth as you get older. And I am really sincerely happy that you got away from your abuser. Me too. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I have been... Uh, shedding a lot these last few years intentional healing like I moved away from my family in 2021 and I've been wanting to move for many many years it's just you know money but I sincerely took a leap of faith each time I moved with very little money and it was that's how I was able to heal and start the really deep wounds even more wounds that I did that I I didn't know were still there after years of therapy and so I did even more intentional spiritual healing and things came up for me as I got older um and being away from the people who 
made me sad. Mm -hmm. So uh, for everyone listening, if you are, if you are in an abusive relationship, whatever that may look like, whether it's romantic or family member, or if you know someone who is, I really pray that you get out of it. And I hope that you seek mm -hmm. the help that you need professional or otherwise. Um, I hope that you have at least one person in your corner that you can trust and talk to. And if not, then please do call a professional. Um, how do you feel about where you're at in your life right now, Al? Um, it's it's a journey. Um, I would describe where I'm at in my life right now as sort of transitional. I'm I'm where I want to be emotionally, but I'm also not. Um, and what I mean by that is I, I am healing, like I'm actively healing and I'm out of the situation that I was in for most of my life. And that has been revolutionary in, in making me feel like my, like I can be my authentic self without repercussions. And that's where I couldn't ask for anything more like emotionally like that's that's where I want to be but also I recognize that I'm I'm actively healing and there are parts of my um psyche that I I still I admit I still sort of walk away like I like my childhood like I don't remember a lot of it so um so I recognize that I'm actively trying to deal with um these this experience of childhood trauma um rather than ignore it well kudos to you for not ignoring it and for taking the steps you need to make a better life for yourself um that is brave and courageous in itself um I truly believe being your most authentic self is the most important thing in this life. So I am uh, grateful to have met you and grateful to have you on the podcast to talk about this difficult subject. That I'm a lot grateful to have met you too. <laughs> um, one last question that I'm curious about. what, Why do you think you were treated differently than your siblings? Mm. Um. There are multiple factors to it, but I think mostly it might have been, it might have to do with the fact that growing up, I was the youngest. And also, I think with that sort of, um, that perception of being the youngest, there's a stigma of like being the weakest. Um, but I honestly, I couldn't tell you what, what was going through my, my parents' heads when they, I don't think they consciously chose to make me the, the scapegoat. Um, I think it was more of a convenience thing. Like I was there, you know, um, and they were, um, I'll share another bit of wisdom from Patrick Tian. Um, they were kind of, I would define their dynamic my my mom and dad's dynamic 
can be defined as like the aggressor and the codependent. And Patrick Tian um, said that in the aggressor codependent um, family system, a scapegoated child can sometimes serve as a distraction from bigger marital problems. And there were very much bigger marital problems in my family system. Um, and I think that that's, that's a bit of wisdom that really comforts me, even though it was, it was messed up. I, I am comforted to know that like, there is a reason, even though it was not justified. Right. That was, whew, that hit home for me. That makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. I was also the youngest. I'm not anymore because, you know, that means my one of my parents continued to procreate, <laughs> but I was just <laughs> growing up and yeah, you, I can laugh about it now. Um, I was the youngest growing up and I also, that's why I was also silenced a lot. I always got the, oh yeah, yeah, she don't know anything. Like, oh, be quiet. Mm -hmm. Like I was always silenced. And I think that, and it definitely has to do with what you just stated as well. Like my parents honestly should have never gotten married in my very honest, humble opinion. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um, um it's ahead. the same um i i really relate with that that my my parents were never divorced but there were they definitely should have been and there were also constant like threats of divorce and such and i was typically the outlet for a lot of those mostly from my mom mm. they they threatened divorce like with you um <laughs> they um my parents were never divorced but there were constant threats of divorce, like such as like, um, for example, my, my mom would like tell me, oh, you know, and I was like six or whatever, <laughs> like not definitely not equipped to handle these kinds of right. emotionally distraught situations. But I would be like six and she would like say oh your your dad and I just aren't working like we're gonna get a divorce and then th they never did and it's kind of like and then like growing up I was like okay so what's when's right. that gonna happen <laughs> you know right. like, inquiring mm -hmm. minds want to know mm -hmm. my dynamic was we we getting older I'm you know I'm older now and I'm like about to graduate high school and I'm like we're like we literally had like kind of an intervention like get divorced. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, it's just it's yeah, it'd be better for everyone. Yeah, like, literally, please. better for you, better for everyone involved. It's it's sad... kind of funny looking back. It is sad, but it's also kind of funny looking back because, like, um, I think my my mom kind of used it as like a a fear tactic, um, to me and my siblings. Like, oh yeah, your father and I are gonna get a divorce. But then, like, as I grew up, I was like okay like that's good like yay like right but, but then it never happens so. yeah I was gonna say it's a sad thing when your kids and your nieces and nephews tell you get divorced and you still don't want to stay married that's a big mm -hmm. sign so for anyone yes. we're gonna wrap this up but for anyone listening if you are in a, a family dynamic where it's unhealthy for you I pray that you choose yourself because mm. you're living your most authentic self living in peace and harmony should be your priority and the people who love you are going to love you exactly how you are and help you to be a better human, be the best version of yourself. 
Um, I truly believe, like I said, in chosen family. I call them soul family. Um, when you choose yourself, the universe will bring you who you need when you need them. One of my favorite mentors passed away recently, and she always told me that when I was 17, senior in high school, and I kept that with me ever since. And it's true, and I'm living proof of that. And the friends and the relationships I built throughout my life have been magical. And I'm really grateful for my amazing circle of people. And, you know, I'm in a new state again, and I'm grateful for the amazing souls the universe has brought me from me being my most authentic self, like the beautiful Elle. And my amazing, my other amazing teammates and my amazing new friends, I'm so grateful. So I encourage you, for anyone listening, if you are in an abusive relationship, please get the help that you need. If you don't have one friend that you can call on, please get seek professional help and know that you're worth it and that you are more than enough and that everyone Amen. deserves a safe space. Everyone deserves to be in environments where they feel emotionally safe and that they can be their most authentic self. You deserve that. We all deserve that. Preach. Unfortunately, there are <laughs> there are some evil people in the world, and we have to embrace all that too. I, I don't believe in toxic positivity. No, there are crappy people in the world. So remove mm -hmm. yourself from anyone who makes you feel less than emotionally safe, less than what you are. You are worthy of love, and love does not hurt. So um, thank you again, Elle, for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you. It was a pleasure talking to you too. Thank you again for having me. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I hope that this episode is helpful for you in your journey. And again, if you need a safe space, please call on someone you can trust. Everyone needs at least one person in their corner. And there are still good people in this world. I always believe that. I love to love you. Go love out loud. Remember your story is your power. Peace.